Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. I'm joined in this segment of our day of Crystal Ikani Musa, who's the country representative for the Malala Fund in Nigeria, and Habiba Mohammed, who is the director of the Center for Girls Education and is one of the education ambassadors for the Malala Fund. Thank you both so much for joining us here. And Crystal, please uh, give us that vision of how this uh, research came about and then how this has been converted into a response that's inspiring people to keep education moving forward. Thank you, Mark. Um, good afternoon. As Mark said, my name is Crystal Ikani Musa. I am the country representative for the Malala Fund. I'm based in Abuja, Nigeria. Um, I would tell you about the Malala Fund. We are an international organization that focuses on girl-child education, ensuring that every girl gets 12 years of a free, safe, quality education. Um, we do this by partnering with um, local organizations who are, are our partners on ground. And through this, um, one of our program areas, which is the Education Champions Network, um, we work very closely with our education champions. And we have one of our education champions here with me today. Her name is Habiba Mohammed. I would allow her to introduce herself um, and tell you a bit about her organization. Good day, my name is uh, Habiba Mohammed, and uh, I am the director of Center for Girls Education based in Zaria, Kaduna State, Nigeria. And uh, I am an education activist for Malala Fund. And uh, what we do is to support girls to go to school, to continue schooling and to complete uh, their schooling. So at the Center for Girls Education, we provide safe spaces for girls to learn and lead and be what they want to be in life. And we support them with other critical skills, which includes life skills, vocational skills, entrepreneurship skills, and uh, information on uh, reproductive health, gender-based violence, and the rest. We want every girl, wherever she is, to be able to have access to education and then get quality education to help her move out of the circle of poverty and live a better life. Malala Fund, we recently conducted a research um, that we were able to launch in November. Um, this is a COVID-19 and girls education research. This was a way for us to understand what actually was happening on ground and how it was affecting girls, how COVID-19 was affecting the girls affecting girls' education. Uh, we have uh, persistent gender gaps at every grade level in uh, Nigeria, especially Northern Nigeria. And then we have poverty and social and cultural norms, which prevented girls from completing their education. Issues that has to do with early marriage and the rest. Uh, conflicts and displacement kept girls out of school because uh, we have this issue of Boko Haram that uh, everybody is aware of that has kept so many girls out of school. 
then severe regional disparities. More than half of girls in the north were not in school. And this mostly is uh, linked to poverty, distance from community to schools and other things. Whether the children expected to return to school when schools reopen, 91% of girls said yes, compared to 78% of boys. This may be because the boys who did not expect to return to school were more likely than girls to attend private or fee-paying schools, the cost of which families may no longer be able to afford due to the economic stress of um, the pandemic. So girls appear, appear to be overcoming the odds to spend time studying during the lockdown. Notably, while a larger portion of girls than boys spent time doing chores and care work, they, were still found, they still found time to study, and fewer girls reported spending time on leisure activities compared to their um, counterparts. So girls were also slightly more eager than boys to receive educational materials um, during the lockdown. Barriers to education, um, what we were able to learn was that girls most commonly cited COVID-related safety concerns while boys were most likely to say that the barrier to returning to school would be an inability to pay school fees. As I noted earlier, boys who did not expect to return to school were more likely than girls to attend fee-paying schools. In general, boys are more likely to attend such schools due to social norms of around the so-called boy-son preference, which influences families to invest more in their households um, find more of their household finances in boys than they do in girls. So the survey results on the economic impact of the pandemic indicate that COVID-19, the COVID-19 crisis has intensified economic pressure on households, which could make school fees unaffordable. Girl respondents, on the other hand, were more likely to be in government schools many of which have been used as overflow treatment um, centers or shelters during lockdown. Their safety concerns about returning to school reminiscent of those following the students from going back to school even when the crisis was over. Some girls also cited lack of money as a reason for not returning to school, uh, perhaps because even attending government schools require funds for things like uniforms or transportation. These are the hidden fees associated with um, government schools that are supposed to be free. In addition, girls reported that domestic chores at home will prevent them from returning to school. Although girls', ans although girls answers on time suggested that despite chores and care work, they were finding time to study during lockdown, their responsibilities clearly still influence their prospects of returning to school. Girls need more support while learning. That's you. They fear worse than boys. Uh, we can see that 77% of boys and girls reported that they could spend under two hours a day studying, compared to the approximately five to six hours per day spent on lessons at school before the pandemic. This could be due to one, low technology access. Students who were able to use smartphone at home reported not always being able to afford it. Uh, two, lack of alternative to tech-based learning. Only nine out of one 
1,300 households reported having received education materials. Just 3% of households received support of any kind from school or teachers. Then we have the third, which is insufficient support at home for girls. One out of four girls or 50% more girls than boys said they receive no learning assistance of any kind from anywhere. So economic stress on households. Over 80% of adults reported facing financial difficulties during the pandemic. Less than 10% felt they have sufficient employment opportunities where they live. And 52% uh, stated that they did not have enough food at home and they were using various coping strategies that could ultimately have negative impact. So uh, effectiveness of alternative learning options. One, we have a uh, distance learning. Distance uh, e-learning and um, our educational TV or radio was not accessible to all was not accessible to all when the required devices were present in the home. Offline materials such as take-home packs or textbooks were not available. In a government survey, offline options were not common among 22 states surveyed. So bringing uh, children back to school. Uh, students are reluctant to return to school due to fear of being exposed to the virus. So it is imperative that government find ways not only to ensure that schools are safe, but also to communicate school safety to students. Because most students felt that uh, since uh, most of the schools were used as uh, uh, places where COVID-19 patients were kept for isolation, they felt that the uh, virus is still there in school. So it's like they, that fear of going back to school and then contacting the disease is there. Our survey revealed the difficult financial strains facing many households in Nigeria during the pandemic, especially those dependent on the informal economy for income. For example, in most of our communities, mostly parents will go out to seek for what they will eat that day. And it was very difficult uh to be able to survive on this during the COVID because of the lockdown and uh, the fear that when you go out you contact the disease most girls were married off because parents are seeing them as a body and they are feeling that if the girls are married off they will have a is an easier life because at least minus one mouth to feed will be easier for them so this issue of early and first marriage was so rampant during the uh COVID. In Nigeria, uh, during this pandemic, the rate at which we had issues of gender-based violence, rapes, for example, were on the very high side, which uh, tends to like uh, make this issue of COVID to be a disaster for us because most girls, especially the very young ones, have been subjected to various forms of abuse. So girls need to be protected. They need to understand that uh, in getting education, they can be safe too. So we, we ended our research um, report um, with recommendations that we have for all levels of government and even some stake stakeholders um, as well. And so the first recommendation is to provide gender equitable and inclusive distance learning support to all students through current and future school closures. Um, we need the federal government 
um, to review their learn at home program. Um, this was the alternative learning option that they provided. Um, review it and to make sure that the marginalized populations actually have access to um, this program. State governments should also work with development partners and the state universal basic education boards to scale up their efforts um, to provide offline learning materials. Our, our findings show that majority of the participants did not receive any of the learning materials that the government um, said that they were providing. Our second recommendation is to ensure safe and gender responsive school reopenings as soon as possible. So schools were reopened in Nigeria in October, um, around October 12th. Um, we're back in another closure. Um, we don't know for how long. Um, this was just announced this week. But regardless of that, we want the government to start thinking, the federal government to start thinking of ways um, that they can open back up in a gender responsive way. And so we've recommended um, our back to school girls guide them for recommendation. We also recommend that um, that the federal government provide states with financial and technical um, capacity and support to help them um, within the state level to make schools also safe from COVID-19. And then to communicate health and safety measures um, to make sure that everyone is staying safe, teachers included, and to work closely with uh, development uh, partners so that uh, together we can roll out a program um, that's education specific on conditional cash transfer programs or stipends. Then our third um, recommendation is to mitigate the economic effects of the COVID-19 crisis to help families prioritize education. Um, and so we would like to see the federal and state governments to scale up social protection to help mitigate the negative coping strategies that um, that could impact re-enrollment, such as rushing girls into marriage. Um, we also would like to see the government to launch an independent audit into the effectiveness of um, the, the homegrown school program which is something that they were implementing before that was a feeding program for students um, as well. And the last recommendation, which is to protect progress for girls' education and rebuild the education system with gender at the center, promote inclusive growth, and ensure every girl can learn. So the government on all levels needs to establish emergency financing packages for education. In case we encounter something like this again, we need to be prepared. Um, and also to make education a key component of disaster risk preparedness strategy. Um, the Nigerian education sector was already fragile at this point. It's, it's crumbling with 30, 36 million children who were out of school during the school closures. Um, and then non education through prioritize. Um, we need we need to listen to Bain. So um, that was our presentation. Um, the research report can be found on our website at the Malala Fund website. Crystal and Habiba, thank you so much for taking us into this picture, giving us the facts, the information, the research, and then inspiring us by your recommendations and the things that you're doing in the Center for Girls Education 
and in your uh, statewide and national work there. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>